0: muffled i'm fine it's just because i have the face mask on let us pray
1: our father and our god in heaven we thank you for this day we thank you father for the blessing that is ours to be able to gather together in this place to uh, study another portion of your word we ask O oh god your blessings upon us uh, that we would read and understand and that we would always live lives that bring glory to you Father, we pray for all of those who are not able to be with us here this evening. Father, we are mindful of those who are dealing with the uh, sorrow of losing a loved one, those who are uh, dealing with health issues or some of the other circumstances that come our way in the living of this life. We ask, O God, that you would bless them, each and every one, according to their need, but always asking in all things that your will would be done. Father, we thank you above all for Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For all that he is, for all that he enables us to become, and in his name we do pray and ask all things. Amen. Well, oh, there we go. So we are in First Kings six. If that's not exact, it's close. Uh, when I say exact, uh, exactly where we stopped on last Wednesday, it is close to where we stopped on last Wednesday. Uh, And it's where we're gonna start tonight, even if I've missed it by a little bit.
0: Uh, Let me say, first of all, I wanna
1: thank Brother Holt for doing the heavy lifting. Uh, First Kings four through six is heavy lifting. Uh, You have a lot of names, many are difficult to pronounce. Uh, You have measures that we simply don't use. So it's hard to get some picture of what the writer is talking about uh brother Holt has dealt with uh the lion's share of all of that you see I'm coming in at verse number 33. Uh, it only has 38 verses uh in the first place so I'm going to there was an old group uh went by the initials AWB uh probably their most famous hit was pick up the pieces uh so I'm just going to pick up the pieces tonight brother Holt has done Uh, The lion's share of the heavy lifting Uh, now you notice I have up on the screen uh, the text that you see will be from the new American standard, and I say that only to say if you hear me quote something i'll be quoting uh, King James but i'll be reading new American standard. Uh, Somebody said why don't you just pick one and stick with it, Uh, because I spent all my life memorizing the King James. uh, And just too far along in the game to try to start. Uh, with another translation all right so 1 kings chapter six uh, verses 33 through 38 so too he made for the entrance of the main room four-sided doorposts of olive wood and two doors of juniper wood the two leaves of the one door turned on pivots and the two leaves of the other door turned on pivots he carved on it cherubim trees and open flowers and he overlaid them with gold plated work on the carved work with gold plated on the carved work and he built the inner courtyard with three rows of cut stone and a row of cedar beams in the fourth year the foundation of the house of the lord was laid in the month of ziv and in the 11th year in the month of bull that is the eighth month the house was finished in all its parts and in accordance with all his plans, so he was seven years in building
0: it. Now, if you're like me, when you read all of that detail, I still don't have much of a mental
1: picture of what the temple would have looked like. Uh, It's hard to get a picture uh, because, as we know, the Babylonians came in and burned it down to the ground. Uh, They didn't have Kodak back in those days, so nobody had taken a picture uh, before it was destroyed,
0: but if we want to look at one artist's rendering uh, of it. Or maybe not. Okay, my clicker is. Not
2: clicking.
0: The IT team is going to take care of that. Uh, You should see
1: it change in just a second there we go Uh, now there are a bunch of pictures if you Google it of what they think the temple might look like I am not going to assert that that is the right picture, uh, as opposed to any other one, you might find it just gives us a mental image uh, and especially consider back when this was built. Uh, They didn't have the technology that we have now, Uh, so that may not look impressive by modern standards, uh, but when you think about when that was built, uh, it was an architectural marvel of its time. Uh, It stood for about four centuries uh, until it was destroyed by Babylon, and if we ever do second kings and get all the way to chapter 25 we'll read about that and measurements that we use. Uh, It measured about 90 feet long by 30 feet wide and 40 feet 45 feet high was divided into two sections with part of the intersection curtained off to form the sanctuary and front was a 15 foot entrance porch and along the sides were storerooms. Mm Hmm. That's just the information uh, that the Bible uh, gives us now one of the reasons it's difficult to be uh precise in what it looked like and what exactly it measured is uh and brother hope mentioned this uh, when you take a cubit for example uh, a cubit was the distance from the elbow to the tip of the finger the question is whose arm were they using uh, they didn't always use the same arm so the cubit wasn't always uh, the same exact length i would venture if we took uh, every man in here tonight you would not get the same exact measurement uh from elbow to tip of finger uh, for each gentleman present now if i were king and something was going to be built well i'm king use me for uh the standard even if somebody else has built another building i don't want it to be referred to as the temple by brother holt's standards but look if i'm the one that's doing the you know overseeing this whole project uh just measure off a cubit again whatever that might be from my elbow to tip of finger because that's not the most precise measure to start with uh but that's what they used and the temple at that time was an impressive structure uh in fact if you follow along in the Bible turn with me real quick to Ezra chapter three now we know the Babylonians well they just came in and raised the whole city of Jerusalem uh, but when the Jews finally returned to Jerusalem and started to rebuild the temple, uh, notice the reaction here, Ezra chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. Now, when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, this is the second time around, the rebuilding, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord according to the directions of King David of Israel. So this is Ezra 3, verse 11. And they sang, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his favor is upon Israel forever. And all the people shouted with a great shout of joy when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Yet many of the priests and Levites and the heads of fathers' households, the old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the people uh when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes while many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the shout of joy from the sound of the weeping of the people because the people were shouting with a loud shout and the sound was heard far away sounds kind of similar to uh the riot at ephesus you know some people shouting one thing some people shouting another and most people don't know what the assembly is about in the first place well here you have some people shouting for joy because the temple is starting to be rebuilt it's laid in ruins for this time and here we are finally getting god's house uh restarted
0: but the people who had seen the first temple cried uh because what
1: it looked like now Really couldn't hold a candle to what it looked like the first time. And this is why they were crying. Man, this is not, I mean, I know it's the temple, but it's not the temple. You know, if you had seen the first one, and I liken it, uh, and this might just be my experience. Uh the days of my youth were the 70s and 80s. Uh music now is not what it was in the 70s and 80s. That's just my estimation. I'm sure people in the 50s and 60s probably said that the music of the 70s and 80s was not the music of the 50s and 60s. Uh, but because they had seen the original temple when they saw it being rebuilt they just wept it, it was not much uh, in way of comparison. So it was an impressive structure. And God has. Given us 1 Kings 4 through 7 for a reason. You know, I don't think the Bible readers were just trying to take up space and make a certain amount of pages uh, to to make it look like, uh, you know, you had a, a complete volume. So the task is discerning what is the spiritual significance for us today. Why does God give us the account of the temple, uh, which leads us to my—I uh, don't want to say infamous, but to my so what's so what we got all these uh, measurements we got all this detail what is it that God wants us to get from having all this information we're not going to build a temple Uh, we're taught in the New Testament that the church is God's temple the people so the church is not a physical building structure Uh, it is the family of God we make up God's temple uh, today so we don't have to worry about a cubit or any other things uh that they were concerned about so what's the point then why give us uh such elaborate detail uh about the temple well i submit to you number one uh it shows god's care for his people now what we have to remember number one the temple was not for god's benefit uh first kings chapter eight
0: verse number 27 Uh, We have the microphone going around. Okay, somebody could read that for us. 1 Kings 8, verse
1: 27. Any takers? 1 Kings 8, what was that? Uh, 27. 27.
3: But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heavens, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have builded?
1: So Solomon says, even himself, well, first of all, God doesn't need a house. God is one of the things we say omnipresent everywhere uh, all at once, so what house could you build that would really contain God. So even Solomon understood it's not like God doesn't have a place to stay it's not like we could build a place for God to stay if he needed one, Uh, so the temple was not for uh god's benefit in fact uh it was actually anybody going to throw this out easy question whose idea was it to build a house for the lord david it was actually david's idea uh, to build the temple uh there's and if i'm nope okay thought i had some other ones i did and maybe they're just gonna pop up a little bit yes okay all right there it is uh if we could get somebody read acts 7 verses 48 and 50. acts 7 48 through 50 you may remember this as being uh what is called if you have notations in your bible stephen's apology and that threw me for years because i'm like if you read that stephen is not apologizing man he's laying it on these guys but apology speaks to the style of oratory not to the fact that Stephen was sorry for any of the things uh, that he said so acts chapter seven uh, verses 48 through 50 and this is probably another one of the reasons that they stoned Stephen uh, well, Brother Womble.
4: <laughs> however the most high does not dwell in houses made by human hands as the prophet says heaven is my throne and the earth is the footstool of my feet what kind of house will Uh, Will you build for me, says the Lord, but what place is there for my rest? Was it not my hand that made all these things?
1: Now, the Jews had done something we tend to do. They had put more emphasis on the temple than on the God that the temple represented. Uh, So here comes Stephen, and Stephen says, well, God doesn't need a house. So you know what they heard? What they heard was, you're saying the temple is meaningless, which is not what Stephen was saying. Stephen was just saying, God doesn't need a house, And we know uh, from the teaching of Jesus, God is spirit. Uh, You have to worship him in spirit and in truth, Uh, but they were already upset with Stephen. And then for Stephen to come in and say in their minds, uh, you know, the temple wasn't necessary, was, you know, pretty much the straw that broke the camel's back. But the Apostle Paul said something similar. Yes,
4: Hold on, I guess what comes to my mind, and maybe this is irrelevant, but when you look at today, you know, and you look at a lot of the edifice that people worship in today, to a lot of people that physical structure that edifice is what really is more appealing to them in many ways than Mm -hmm. what they're going to hear out of the word of God that's going to allegedly have an impact on their lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people who will come to a place that looks elaborate and exotic and all that kind of stuff and the preacher can get up there and say (laughs) anything and the folks will just eat it up because Mm -hmm. they're feeling good about being in that exotic elaborate place
1: mm-hmm uh yeah, right on the money right on the money uh so Steve uh what Stephen is saying again uh is, if having a temple was necessary, uh then they would have built it, you know when David proposed it. They wouldn't have waited all of those years later. uh God would have been without a house all that time, if in fact he needed one, uh which he did not. uh the apostle Paul would say something similar. Uh, When he preached uh, on Mars Hill, Uh, if we could get a reader for acts 17 verse 24.
5: The God who made the world and everything that is in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth does not dwell in temples made by hands.
1: Yeah, and this was kind of in contrast to the pagan gods now, of course, there were multiple differences, not only does God not live in the temple made by hands. That God isn't made up by the people that are worshiping him. Remember, all the pagan gods were creations uh, of the worshipers, which when you stop and think about it, how do you esteem Zeus to be the chief God when you thought Zeus up in the first place? What kind of God is that that didn't didn't exist until we thought him up? So Paul is saying the, the true God, you know, the one that they were ignorantly worshiping, is just different from all the other gods number one he's not made up by the worshipers, but number two he doesn't need a temple he, he's Lord of heaven and earth the earth is his creation so again. Uh, it shows God's
0: tolerance for people. Uh, more so than anything else, because God didn't need the temple. Uh, it also shows that God keeps his word. Uh,
1: there's an extended reading there. Uh, first chronicles twenty two seven through ten. Uh, if we could get someone else or I'll just draft somebody.
0: And with an audience this size, I know I know everybody's name tonight. a. David said to Solomon, My son, this first Chronicles mm-hmm. so? okay. 22 7
1: through 10, that's correct. Thank you. All
0: right. David said to Solomon, My son, I had it in my heart to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But when the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have shed much blood and have waged great wars, you shall not build a house to my name because you have shed so much blood before me on this earth. Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. I will give him rest from all his surrounding enemies, for his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name. He shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish his royal throne in Israel forever.
1: Yeah, now, what's interesting about First Chronicles 22, through 7 through 10 is they uh God speaks to David in the future tense you will have a son and his name will be Solomon that had happened yet but this is God saying it's going to happen and he's going to be king well what about when Absalom tries to usurp his way to the throne I've already said Solomon is going to be king well what about when Adonijah tries to usurp his way to the throne I've already said Solomon is going to be uh, the king when God says something is going to happen it's going to happen that ought to help us rest at night. Amen. You know, when you look at the news, they say this and that and the other, and so on and so forth, and what does God say i'm in control, I reign in the kingdom of men. Okay, so you guys say what you want, do what you want God is in control. Uh, Sister LaDonna,
6: and if you don't mind me adding and i'm doing this for myself it's on his time
1: absolutely i know
6: you know that i just had to add for my own self
1: yeah it's always good to have it said always good for us to remember and sometimes his time is years down the road i remember he promised abraham a son and how many years was it before that happened 25 and abraham is past. uh you know, the age that we would call, you know, not just your childbearing, but your child uh, siring years. Uh, you think about having a kid at that age, and and I know life was a little different, but I'm not as old as Abraham was when God came to it. I got 20 years to go. Can you imagine having an infant at that age? I don't want an infant at the age I'm at now because I've done it three times. And one thing I know you know what the energy that it takes when I was 20 something I had it i'm not 20 something anymore, I don't have that energy anymore man the grandkids are great for a week two weeks. But the thing that gets you through is you know at some point you know what we're going to pack up all your stuff. (laughs) And you're going back home and I can rest. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Sister LaDonna. Yes, God delivers in his time and his time quite often is not the time we would prefer, but his time is always the right time. Uh, you know that you say that, it makes me think about when Jesus came into this world. Uh, you know, Paul says when the time was right, God sent his son. Now, how many years had the world been in sin before God sent Jesus? thousands The world had been in sin for thousands of years but God decided when the time was right for Jesus to come now some of us would say you let them go through thousands of years of sin I didn't well I did let them but who chose sin in the first place
0: I warned you all way back in Eden every tree in the garden except that one in the middle and what did we do
1: The one in the middle was the one we ran for. So God keeps his word. Solomon did become king. Solomon was blessed uh, in his reign to have peace. And Solomon did build the house uh, for the Lord. So years before it happened, God said, this is how it's gonna happen. I don't care what the circumstances look like. Do the circumstances always look favorable in our world today? No, but it doesn't change what God has said. God is still in control. You got these people developing a nuclear bomb and global warming and this, that, and the other. God still says, I reign in the kingdom of men. So God keeps his word. And then the third, uh, so what, building according to the blueprint. Uh, If you're still there in 1 Kings
0: 6, someone read verse number 12. First Kings 6:12. No takers? Yep, Brother Wilkins, all right? Uh, First Kings six, chapter 6 verse 12.
7: Okay. First Kings chapter 6 verse 12. Concerning this house that you are building, If you will walk in my statutes and obey my rules and keep all my commandments and walk in them, then I will establish my word with you, which I spoke to David, your father.
1: Yeah, so now here we see not only does God work in his time, but many of his promises are conditional. There was an if. Solomon, all of this will
0: be true if. Did Solomon keep the if? yeah mostly but when he got old what happened
1: all those wives he married came back to haunt him uh bible tells us that when he was old he became an idolater uh but god this god didn't uh, divide the kingdom in the days of solomon but who did, whose days did it happen in rehoboam uh and you remember rehoboam uh, well, let me, let me not tell the story uh, before we get there and read it, uh, but Rehoboam asked for it, so the temple was the most significant architectural achievement of Solomon's reign, but more important was the need for Solomon and for all of us uh, to follow God's blueprint for life, uh, to follow his word, this is what he tells Solomon, if you walk in my staff, if you obey me, you'll be blessed, which necessarily infers, if you don't obey me, then you reap the consequences of disobedience. All right, so any questions, comments, uh, anything uh, for chapter six? And if you have something, I don't know, we'll leave it for brother Holt as a leftover. Uh, if not, let's press on then to uh, chapter seven. Uh, now I wanted to take this in sections, but in some case I couldn't fit the entire section uh, on the slide without shrinking the font over much. First uh, Kings seven, one through five, anybody want to read that for us. Brother Ford.
5: But Solomon took. 13 years to build his own house so he finished so he finished all his house he also built the house of the forest of Lebanon its length was 100 cubits its width 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits with four rows of cedar pillars and cedar beams on the pillars and it was paneled with cedar above the beams that were on 45 pillars. 15 to a row there were windows with beveled frames on in three rows and window was opposite window in three tiers and all the doorways and door posts had rectangular frames and window was opposite window in three tiers
0: now
1: for Solomon's uh, palace I didn't bother to try to find pictures Uh, but whenever you see cubit, a cubit is roughly about a foot and a half, uh, give or take, so whatever it says it was in cubits, if you multiply that by 1.5, that'll tell you what it is in feet, so if it says 30 cubits, well that's about 45 feet, give or take, that'll give you a ballpark uh, figure, so I'm just going to operate that a cubit was about 18 inches, it may have been a little more It may have been a little less, uh, depending on who was the king at the time they said it was a cubit.
0: Uh, Question how long did it take
1: Solomon to build his house. 13 years, how long did it take to build the temple seven, why the difference, why half the time on the Lord's House or a little almost half the time, a little bit more than half uh any, any guesses? It's not in the bible text, so there is no wrong answer more I'm sorry more, more, worker. more workers more workers okay <laughs> that's in the uh
0: direction of of uh what one historian says, brother harvey mhm mhm to
6: do. It may take a shorter period of time to do a you know very big large rooms than in a house you know bedroom for this wife bedroom for that wife or, you know it's just going to take much more. Yeah,
1: so Brother Harvey and I would agree that the difference in construction probably uh, lent to it. Uh, with, with all those wives, you are not all going to stay in the same bedroom. That's just asking for trouble. Number one is too many people in one space, and it's too many people occupying the same position in one space. Solomon had six hundred and ninety-nine wives, too many. They had seven hundred all together. You get one. So we're not told why it took almost twice as long to build the palace, but Josephus, who is a who was first-century Jewish historian. Ascribes it to Solomon being more zealous to finish the Lord's house than to finish his own and so quite possibly all of those things were factors, he was more zealous to build the Lord's house, the difference in construction. Uh, the difference in the number of workers and uh, don't miss Solomon put an incredible tax on the nation of Israel and it wasn't and I know when we hear tax we think money like when you get your pay slip you see the tax that they've taken out but remember he also taxed israel in terms of manpower in terms of people uh it was just like being drafted into the military you will work one month and two months off uh, and brother holt told us well by the time you traveled out there and by the time you traveled back uh effectively it was like having a month off but, but guess what you still got a life at home so it's not like you could just put the world on pause uh, till you got back. Uh, I, I just can't resist. So, you remember uh, the people asked Rehoboam to ease up on the taxes. Uh, and I'll cut through some of the stories so it's not to tell the whole narrative. But Rehoboam decided, You think my father put heavy tax on you? You haven't seen anything yet. Now, his treasurer had the unfortunate experience of delivering the news. Uh, remember what happened to his treasurer when he told the people that? Anybody? They stoned him. Yeah, they stoned him. And what did Rehoboam do? Rehoboam decided it was better to be elsewhere uh, at that time. Yeah, so uh, we don't know for sure, but that is certainly a uh, plausible uh, reason. All right, verses
0: 6 through 10 there in chapter 7. He flinched, and I'm going to take that just like an auction, yeah. Brother Harvey.
1: And I don't think you were raising your hand, but this is like an auction. If you move noticeably and the auctioneer says, uh, what about you? What you So doing? I'm going to take that as a bid. For... First, uh, first thing, seven, six through ten. Okay. Now everybody's going to be real still for the rest of the class. <laughs> I'm not even going to blink.
6: He made a colonnade 50 cubits long and 30 wide. In front of it was a portico, and in front of that were pillars and an overhanging roof. He built the throne hall and hall of justice where he was to judge, and he covered it with cedar uh, from floor to ceiling. And the palace in which he was to live, set further back, was similar in design. Solomon also made palace like, a palace like this hall of Pharaoh's daughter whom he had married. Uh, 10, uh, all these structures from the outside of the great courtyard and from the foundation to eaves were made of blocks of high grade stone cut to the size cut to size and trimmed with a saw on the inner their inner and outer faces. The foundations were laid with large stones and of good quality, some measuring te- some measuring 10 cubits and some eight.
1: Yeah, and so again, if you multiply those numbers by one and a half, uh, you'll have the approximate measure in feet. Now we see some of the wisdom of Solomon, and likely a problem that he was going to run into. Solomon had the wisdom to separate work from home. You notice he built. Uh, special home where he was to judge things. Solomon appreciated It's not a good thing to take work home with you all the time. Now there may be days when you need to do that, but don't ever let work become your life. You need some time to relax, you need some time for your family, you need some time away from the job. Uh, whatever your job is, uh, they will survive without you. Uh, You don't believe me? Die tonight and see if they close up operation tomorrow just because you're gone. Uh, Even preachers, what do I know? Everybody except Jesus in the church is expendable. So Solomon appreciated you know what? I'll judge over here, but when it's time to go home, I can go over here and we can leave judgment over there until the next time I come back uh, to judge things. Now where he likely ran into a problem is verse eight. Notice it says he also made a house like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, whom Solomon had married. Now the implication is he did something for that one wife that he didn't do for the other 699. I'm sure out of those 699 wives more than one of them was grieved with the fact that you made something for Pharaoh's daughter that you didn't make for me, and if you think that's not true go back and read proverbs again. Why do you think Solomon said it's better to live in the corner of an attic than with a fighting woman in a wide house. that's probably part of the reason Solomon's uh, Pharaoh's daughter had a had an ai i'm gonna say apartment uh that there's no mention that the rest of them got i think that's just a hard dynamic to make work in the first place you know if you got 700 wives you can't give equal time uh, to all of them and i would venture that there are brethren in here that have found you can have one wife and sometimes have time issues what i have learned is that being married is more important than whether or not the Ravens can pull it out at the end of the fourth quarter.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Suffice it to say that there was probably more than once in Solomon's lifetime when multiple women wanted his attention and he was not able to give attention to everybody and had to make a choice. I can imagine him making one of those, uh, you ever hear Bill Cosby talk about disciplining your kids? He said, you know, he said, you know, you got multiple children and they get in the car and they're arguing about, he's touching me, if you stop touching me, he says, so you say something smart like, nobody touch anybody else but the rest of now that sounds reasonable, but you probably sound like a madman going around, tomorrow. nobody touch anybody. Can you imagine Solomon just saying, okay, everybody be quiet? That probably didn't go over uh, too well. That's why he says more than once in Proverbs uh, about fighting women. He said it's better to
0: be in the corner of an attic. He said it's better to be out in the forest. Uh, brother Harvey, it is probably not a good idea, because I would
1: venture, and excuse the chauvinist in me for speaking, but I would venture that there were times when those women were sitting around talking, and the conversation was something like, girl, do you know he had the nerve to tell me to be quiet?
0: The people are people wherever you go so definitely uh, probably caused him a problem uh, what he had done in verse
1: eight how do you not show favoritism in a a case like that you got 700 wives and 300 concubines you can't feel the same way about all of them many of them were just you know wives for political reasons you know if you marry my daughter then we'll be at peace and you don't have to worry about having a war with me
0: because I'm not going to come in there and kill my wife and people that pertain to her. So he had to deal with that. Should
1: have listened to God about number one marrying pagans and then two multiplying wives. Uh, to us uh, see, uh, verses 11 and 12, well that's only two, I'll take those two, and, and above were valuable stones cut according to measure and cedar. So, the large courtyard all around had three rows of cut stone and a row of cedar beams, as well as the inner courtyard of the house of the Lord and the porch of the house. Now, so reading those two verses is like helping somebody move, and everybody else is carrying the big furniture, and you come out with a lamp. And then, when you tell a story, I helped them move too. Yeah, but you didn't carry nearly what everybody else carried. So, that was just a, a lamp, two verses. Uh, One of the reasons I didn't try to get uh, pictures of all of these things is because, for some reason, when I googled Solomon's palace, they kept giving me pictures of Solomon's temple. And I don't know if I just wasn't asking in the right way or whatever the case may have been so this was the one picture I came up with. that's not the entire palace, but that would be inside uh, the judgment hall. Where Solomon would sit uh, to judge. And again, that's an artist's rendition. That's not a Kodak picture taken from what it actually looked like. It gives us a general idea. Uh, very elaborate uh, for both Solomon's
0: temple and for uh, Solomon's palace. Uh, 13 through 17. Uh, now this kind of recaps
1: what we've been told uh, about the temple. Uh, we do have some pictures
0: uh, coming up here. Uh, if you get a reader for verses 13 through 17. All right, Jill, you get, okay, no, Jason, all right.
2: Now King Solomon sent word, and had Hiram brought from Tyre. He was a widow's son from the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, an artisan in bronze. And he was filled with wisdom, skill, and knowledge for doing any work in bronze. So he came to King Solomon and performed all his work. He fashioned the two pillars of bronze. Eighteen cubits was was the height of each pillar, and a line of twelve cubits measured the circumference of both. He also made two capitals of cast bronze to put on the tops of the pillars. The height of the one capital was five cubits and the height of the other capital was five cubits. There were lattices of lattice work and wreaths of chain work for the capitals, which were on the top of the pillars, seven for the one capital and seven for the other capital. Is that through 22?
0: Oh, okay.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, mm, you know what? I was looking at the wrong text. That's why i, I was trying to find where you were. All right. So verses 13 uh, through 17,
0: uh, which means I changed pages uh, one too early. Wanted to go through verse 22, but it would,
1: all
2: wouldn't fit on one slide. That's what it was. So he made the pillars and two rows around on the one lattice to cover the capitals, which were on the top of the pomegranates, and so he did for the other capital. The capitals which were on the tops of the pillars in the porch were of lily design, four cubits. So there were capitals on the two pillars, also above and close to the rounded projection which was beside the lattice. And the pomegranates totaled 200 in rows around both capitals and he set up the pillars at the porch of the main room he set up the right pillar and named it Jachin, and he set up the left pillar and named it boaz on the top of the pillars was the lily design so the work of the pillars was finished
1: now if somebody has said now draw me a picture of what he just described i had been like man, even if I could draw I couldn't draw your picture, I have no idea uh, what he just said. So the two dark things out in front, those are generally an idea of uh, what the pillars would have looked like. A uh, couple of things we noticed from uh, verses 13 through 22 number one Solomon got the right man for the job. Notice how God always did that. When God needed a Noah, he got Noah. When he needed an Abraham, he got Abraham. When he needed a Job, he got Job, the right man uh, for the job. And let me tell you, this Abraham did some work here. Uh, these two brass columns were about 27 feet high and 18 feet around. The caps, which is what I'm gonna call them, uh we're seven and a half feet high and at least as large in diameter as the columns
0: uh,
1: now I would imagine you got to know what you're doing to construct something like that uh, one of the things I found out is a lot of times in building what you may not appreciate is the weight of the item itself uh, and if you build and don't know how you're building sometimes the weight of the item itself will just sag And maybe even uh collapse now we found it out when we tried to build uh, an entrance way into the church building at cambridge and the guy was using stones and we came back the next day and there was this nice little dip in it uh and the building inspector said that's because the stone is heavy and you don't have the right supports under it and as long as it looks like that nobody can go in the building so had to tear that out and have somebody that knew what they were doing come in and build the steps which trying to save some money actually ended up costing more uh in the long run so yeah lesson learned get the right person for the job may cost you more than you want to pay at the outset but it probably save you some heartache uh on the back end
0: uh we go to 10 of right let me mark, what did we just read uh,
1: picture, we just read through 22, right, so on 8, 18 Lord willing we'll start on verse number
0: 23. Uh, interesting about this molten sea, and we'll save that
1: for the next time, that thing would have been uh, a marvel. Uh, And like I said, we're out of time, so we'll look at it on next Wednesday, Lord willing. Uh, Let's have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll be concluded with this portion of Bible study. Let us pray. Again, our Father and our God in heaven, we come to you. And Father, again, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for your word, uh, for the things that you speak to us through your word, for... Uh, The things that we learn, uh, the things that we are able to understand, and we ask, oh God, that you would bless us uh, to apply these things to our living, that in all that we do and in all that we say, uh, we would live lives that bring glory to you. Father, we are thankful for this time to be together, uh, thankful for all of the blessings that you give in this life. Uh, We ask, oh God, that you would bless us to be good stewards in our living. Uh, Bless us, Father, to affect those around us for good. father always above all things we thank you for christ jesus our lord and savior in whose name we
0: do pray amen
7: thank you brother ricky
0: Hello.
3: Our first song will be To Canaan's Land, I'm on my way. Let us sing. To Canaan's Land, I'm on my way, where the soul of man never dies. My darkest night will turn to day. Where the soul of man never dies. No sad farewells. No tear dim dies. Where all is love. And the soul never dies. A rose is blooming there for me. Where the soul of man never dies, and I will spend eternity. Where the soul of man never dies, no sad farewells, no tears, him dies. Where all is love. And the soul never dies A love light being across the foam Where the soul of man never dies It shines to light the shores of home Where the soul of man never dies No sad fair way No tear dimmed eyes Where all is love And the soul never dies I am on my way to that fair land Where the soul of man never dies Where there will be no parting hand and the soul of man never dies. No sad farewell, no kiss die. Where all is love and the soul never dies.
7: Amen. Thank you. Good evening, we want to thank everyone for participating in our Bible classes tonight. We thank our teachers and we thank those who are here at the building and those that are participating uh, either via Zoom or Facebook. I pray that all is well and as Brother Ricky mentioned, relax. God is in control. He is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think. Didn't Paul tell that to the Ephesians? So uh, let us be mindful of that. You know, when I always stand before you, always use the scripture uh, verse of the day, either from Version or Bible Gateway. And I, I thought this one was very fitting because it's always one that I'm always talking about. Uh, are you willing to deny yourself? Uh, Mark chapter 8, uh, key verse, verse 35, a very familiar passage of scripture. But I like to read verse 34 as well. Mark chapter 8, verses 34. I'm going to read 34 through 38. Uh, this is after Peter confesses that Jesus as the Christ. That Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. Of course, you can also find this in Matthew chapter 16 and Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 34. And calling the crowd to him, uh, that's Jesus, with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after
0: me, what is required?
7: Let him deny himself and take up his cross. And follow me. You know, I know I sound like a broken record, but remember, it's not about us. It's all about
0: Jesus. Remember our theme for this year.
7: What is that? Staying focused on Jesus. Staying focused on Jesus. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake in the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give
0: in return for his soul? You
7: know, what would a man not give? What is there that uh, he can give if in life he has not followed Christ? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him, Jesus said, will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in his glory of his Father with the holy angels? You know, I was telling a brother this a couple of days ago. Solomon was right. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun. It, didn't Jesus said uh, during this time when he walked on this earth that this world was a sinful place? Has it changed? Uh, this was a sinful world when Jesus walked it, and it's still sinful today. But thank God for allowing his son Jesus the Christ to die on that cruel cross for you and me. Because if you read the preceding verses, he talked about dying, but death couldn't keep him in the grave. He got up three days later, and now he's interceding for you and me, those of us who are in Christ, those of us who have Repented of our sins and have been baptized. He's interceding for us in heaven. Thank God for the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. Are you denying yourself daily, each moment, moment by moment? You know, because if you ask that to some people, they say sometimes or it depends. But those of us in Christ, remember, it is not I that live but Christ that lives in me because I surrendered to God. I surrendered to Jesus. So we need to be encouraging each and every one of us to be mindful of that, what we did when we surrendered to God, when we gave our life to Christ. Now we're promoting Jesus each and every waking moment of our lives.
0: It's not about our life, it's all
7: about Jesus. And you remember what I said uh, earlier, you know, a lot of us unfortunately will chase the things of this world. We'll chase the things of this world, but if God is all you have, you have all you need. Just be mindful of that. And if you're listening to us via Zoom, and you want to give your life to Christ, please contact us at elders at and we will address your need. If you have a prayer request and you're listening to us, you can send that prayer request to that same email address, elders at If you're here in the audience and you want to respond to the gospel or you have a prayer request, you can make that known to us, and we will address it. Church,
0: continue to be faithful, continue to live lives that are pleasing and acceptable to God Almighty.
7: And remember, we're looking unto Jesus, the author, finisher of our faith. And before I turn it back over to our song leader, I wanted to mention uh, a correction that we're gonna make uh, concerning the announcement and the email that we sent out to the congregation regarding uh, the mass requirements uh, as a result of Prince George County uh, reinstituting and uh, mandating uh, mass wearing indoors. Uh, we, after very much prayers and reconsideration of all things involved for safety and protection of our church family and our guests we the elders have decided that we're gonna institute mask wearing throughout the building. So when you come into the building, uh, we're asking that you wear your mask while you're in the building, regardless of the location. So we really appreciate your support and complying with that request. And remember, it's not about us, it's all about Jesus. Keep praying for us all, and may God continue to bless us all. Next if you please stand now as we have our closing hymn and our closing prayer. Thank you.
3: Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. diamond and nothing I desire compares with you Lord you are more precious than silver Lord you are more costly than gold Lord you are more beautiful than diamonds, and nothing I desire compares with you.
7: Let us together pray. Father God we just thank you for this opportunity to gather together tonight to study your word we pray oh father that we'll be mindful of it that we will apply it to our lives and live accordingly we thank you for our teachers we pray oh father that you just continue to bless them as they just continue to faithfully serve you. We're praying for us all, Lord God. Praying, oh Father, that we'll just be mindful of you in our lives, that we'll just be thankful for your grace and your mercy that you shower upon us, even though we're not worthy of it. And Lord, we just thank you for Jesus the Christ, who died on that rugged cross, giving us a second opportunity to be reconciled to you. We thank you for that reconciliation. And Lord God, help us to deny ourselves each and every waking moment of our lives and help us, oh Father, to carry our cross gladly for you. Lord, we're praying for those that are sick among us, praying, oh Father, that if it's your will that you will heal us, that you just continue to shower your blessings upon us. We're especially now praying for the Ramah's family and the passing of David's father. Praying, O oh Lord, that you comfort David and his family and give them traveling grace uh, as they travel to be with their families uh, during this time. And Lord God, we're just praying, O oh Father, that all that we do, we just be mindful of you and that we will just glorify you and lift up Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. may the love of you, O God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, in communion with with each other, Father, that we will just be mindful of that fellowship that we have with one another. Lord, we ask this prayer right now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.